Hey, it's good to have you here. Uh, what a week, right? Uh, last week we started a series called Who's Your One? I was telling Lori as she's walking up this morning, I'm like, a little different crowd. We were pretty packed last week in, uh, in our second service. That was awesome. But man, things happen, don't they? And they happen fast. And, uh, and, and, and we've been through quite, quite a week. Um, enough so that um, I just, as time kept moving along, was thinking, you know what? We need a different message today. Um, even, even struggled with whether we should have church, you know. I mean, we, we talked about that because I know a lot of churches have canceled, but we felt like we definitely, with three services, fall under the threshold of what the governor asked for, and, and I just thought maybe there's some, some people who, who need the extra encouragement. Everything is kind of fluid, so we'll keep you up to date as to how we proceed from here on. I know we don't have anything going on Wednesday night, but... But for this morning, uh, I'm glad you're here, and I, I trust that we can just share something that will be an encouragement to your heart, because as I said, what a week. Uh, great time last Sunday, and then it's like crazy town exploded, um, and it's just been one thing after another. Um, and so last night, about 1.30, I wrapped this up. <laughs> Um, so if it's a little rough around the edges, you'll understand why. Uh, not a lot of time to go through it. Um, that was evident, actually, even when I pulled in the parking lot this morning, uh, got here and uh, jumped out of my car and locked the car, only to realize that instead of putting the car in park, I, I had put the car in neutral. And evidently, there's a slant when you park towards the building that goes that way. And um, so my car started rolling, and uh, it was locked, of course, and I'm trying to open the door, realizing that I had locked the car, uh, unlocked the car, and then, for those of you that remember Starsky and Hutch, um, kind of <laughs> felt like that for a moment, just jumping in my car, you know, stopping, da-da-da, da-da-da, actually, I think that's SWAT, but um, <laughs> stopped it, you know, we're good. So, uh, so who knows uh, how this is going to come out today, but um, crazy week. I mean, let's be honest, if you had a dollar... For every time you have heard the word corona or pandemic, you would be wealthy, right? I mean, uh, what started out as the top of the news became all of the news, became consuming news, uh, canceling just everything in sight, um, overtaking education, politics, um, entertainment, Sports, and, and, and in essence, uh, while, while they have endeavored, and I know that, that they're trying, and, and you're trying, we're trying to control it, to be honest, it's taken control, right? I mean, life is totally different here just a week later, and we don't like that because we like to be in control. And when something like this happens, it proves just how out of control we really are. We don't have control. Also on this week, found out uh, Thursday, I was in a fairly lengthy meeting, and when I got done, I went over and looked at my phone, and it had kind of blown up. 
And I had gotten a call from Jerry Collins, a dear friend of this church and our family, helped in my dad's funeral, and he had called Craig. And basically the news was uh, that the main building at Hiawatha Youth Camp, the Miracle Building, the auditorium and the lobby had collapsed. Um, it was a building that he couldn't, he couldn't hammer a nail into a wall. But I always considered it the building that my dad built. He sketched out the drawing for it on the back of a napkin at a Howard Johnson's restaurant. And uh, I cannot tell you the thousands of hours of concerts and speakers and musicians and staff members and the tens of thousands of decisions that had been made at that place, at that altar. I, I, I was immediately taken back to when I was just about, I don't know, probably nine, ten years old, running around on a huge cement slab. And it was, the brother, uh, it was the building that my brother had determined it was time to renovate. And he had started that process two or three years ago, and it was becoming even more beautiful than it had ever been. Uh, he had allowed Lori to be part of that process, and I remember being up there with one little piece of carpet and putting the chair on it and making sure that all matched and then seeing all that come together. Many of you helped put down carpet tiles, helped put down flooring in the dining room, and then with a whoosh of wind, it was down. And what I want to do is leave tonight and go up there and start tomorrow, start hauling. You can't. You're not in control. You can call insurance companies, and they've been wonderful to work with, and they're going to send somebody up on Monday until, of course, <laughs> the company decides to pull all of their travel for the company for the next two weeks and put it on hold. No control. And when it comes to certain seasons of life, I don't know, I, I, I think maybe you're like me, but doesn't it drive you nuts when you're looking for control, you're needing comfort, you're wanting to see what's coming? Control, comfort, what's coming? And isn't it really crazy when all three of them happen at the same time? You can handle one or the other, but when you need all three, how do you deal with that? Maybe that's your week. Your life has kind of been thrown up in the air a bit. And all of a sudden, you've got to take care of kids for an extended period of time, and you're still wondering about your job and your position, and work is crazy, and am I working from home, and how am I going to make ends meet and control comfort? What's coming? What do we do with that? 
Well, let me, let me hopefully today encourage your heart with something. And here's the first piece of news. You know this. You know this. But you're here today because you want to be, you need to be reminded of it. So here's number one. Ready? God is in control. God is in control. Listen, listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not, what's the next word? Worry. Worry about your life. <laughs> Wouldn't it be something if he had categorized, right? I mean, it'd be one thing if he said, do not worry about, but he just says, you know what? Let's just put a blanket statement on this. Do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink. Now, let me stop right there. Last night, my wife got off of work, six o'clock, so she calls me. She says, where are you at? I said, I'm, I'm at church. She said, I think we need to get some groceries. You want to meet me? I'm like, oh, do I? This will be fun. So we went to the grocery store, and actually, I took a couple of pictures that I forgot to get on the computer, but you've probably seen them in life, right? Empty shelves. Now, here's what I found so frustrating. Most of the shelves had stuff on it. The shelves that were empty were the donut shelves. No donuts. People are in a panic. And they buy all the donuts. <laughs> Gotta have my donut. Here's the other thing. What is up with all of the toilet paper? I need to be in control. I cannot find donuts. But I can stock up on six months of toilet paper. I will be able to go to the bathroom for as far as the eye can see. Because I've stocked up on my toilet paper. We want so much, right, to be in control that we will go and empty the shelves, even if we don't need it. Oh, I got it. 17 bottles of tomato juice. Woohoo! Stocking up. We want so much to be in control that, that we will go and purchase things and get stockpiles of things that we wouldn't normally even, and it doesn't even make any sense with where we're at and what's going on. And so what does Jesus say about that? Don't worry about what you will eat or drink. Really? My wife will sometimes ask me, do you live to eat or do you eat to live? <laughs> and I have to think about that for a moment. Well... He says, don't worry about what you eat or drink, or your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food? Hmm. And the body more than clothes? And then he says this, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm valuable. Are you not much more valuable than 
they, have you noticed something? I don't know, maybe you haven't, but this, this coronavirus hasn't affected the birds at all. They're still chirping, they're still making their noise, and in fact, sometimes I can hear the birds that you don't hear until after winter has subsided, and they begin to come for spring, and you hear some of those birds, and you hear their chirping, and, and you think it's just around the corner. And Jesus says, look, he cares about them so much. Imagine how much he must care about you. He's in control. He's in control. Sometimes when we're not in control, well, let me personalize it. Sometimes when I'm not in control, okay, I can at least control the remote. I can at least check out and, and just kind of, it helps me kind of remove myself from reality to watch the Red Wings or to watch the Pistons or in the month of March to catch a little bit of March Madness. Nope. Gone. Canceled. I don't know about you, I hate when stuff gets canceled. I mean, except for the occasional doctor's appointment, right? I'm okay with that. But other than that, when stuff gets canceled, oh, come on. You're canceling March Madness? You can't do that. You can't cancel the NBA and the Major League Baseball and the NHL. They canceled it all. I was just, I needed such a fix of that last night, JD, that I said, honey, excuse me, but I just talk, I, I can talk into my remote, you know, I think that's kind of cool. And I just said, YouTube, Kurt Gibson, Kurt Gibson, Los Angeles Dodgers, World Series. And I went and I just, I watched for about seven minutes the call of Kurt Gibson hitting that home run. I'm like, all right, that's good. I can go back now. I just need a little bit of that removal. Sports does that. Not in control. Hate when stuff gets canceled. Did you know that my wife and I, we're supposed to leave Tuesday. We're supposed to leave Tuesday. We're supposed to get on a jet plane, on a jet plane. Oh, no, when I'll be back. Well, I knew when I was coming back, but you know, for a while, we were just out of here. I have a passport. I bought a passport. I've never had a passport. My daughter Kaylee, who was afraid as a little girl to go spend the night down the street, she has a passport. She's been out of the country. I've never had, I had a passport. Worst picture I have ever taken is that passport. <laughs> Just the absolute worst. But I have a passport. I'm ready to go. We're going to the Dominican Republic. We're going to be gone for a week. I don't drink alcoholic beverages. But I was going to get myself a Coke and ask him if they'd put a lime and a little umbrella in there. <laughs> so I could pretend I was sitting on a beach with a funny little drink. I got shorts and t-shirts stacked on my dresser. Not going. Not going. Uh, not in control. Don't you hate that? But yet, Jesus comes along to say, hey, don't worry. Don't worry. Because if he's taking care of the birds, he's going to take care of you. 
caught a little bit of Max Lucado yesterday, and I thought it was so incredible what he said. He said, you know what? They can cancel all kinds of stuff, but you want to know what never gets canceled? The promises of God. God never canceled his promises. And the presence of problems, catch this now, the presence of problems is not the absence of God. What else do we need? Not just control, we, we need comfort. Check this out. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion. Now, what does that mean? You would think that what that means, if you're a father of something, what happened? You helped create that, right? There's a creator there. You planted a seed, and there was a creation, the father of compassion. But then he takes it one step further. He says, and the God of all comfort. The God of all comfort. Not the God who created comfort. The God of all comfort. He just is that comfort that we all need. Do you know even an atheist needs comfort? Someone who doesn't believe in God needs comfort. Sometimes God will allow things and it will actually pull people in his direction. Sometimes it pushes them away. But his desire is that it pulls them towards him. And even in the midst of all of this chaos, what is God's hope? That we will rely on him more. That we will be drawn to him. That we will be closer to him. That he can give us the comfort that only he can provide. He is comfort. He is comfort. He's the father of compassion and the God of all comfort. How does a person who doesn't believe in God understand the need for comfort? Because God allows him to. And all that should do is push a person towards an understanding. There is someone greater than me, and I need them. I need them. And sometimes we need a comfort that is not available to us. The comfort of just sitting in the lazy boy and checking out a few games that are meaningless on a Thursday and a Friday for March Madness. Love that. Can't do it. But he also gives us, while well, he provides, I believe, some supernatural comfort, he also gives us some pretty practical application. I want you to notice a, a verse in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21. Listen to what it says. My child, don't lose sight, catch this now, of common sense and discernment. Let me repeat that to you again. My child, who is this? Is God. Speaking to his children. Don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Listen, you need to understand something. This is, this is nothing to be trivialized, okay? 
But at the same point, you need to understand that panic begets panic. Do you understand what that means? Like in the Old Testament, have you ever read through chapters and you were wondering, do I really need this? How is this blessing my life, you know? Ichabod begat, Sinabod who begat. What's that mean? Father had a child. And panic breeds more panic. And, and so when you are 24-7 news cycle, when you are inundated on social media, all it does is breed more panic. And while there is a concern about this virus, somebody needs to be concerned about the panic. So God says, look, I have given you some common sense and I've given you some discernment. Use that. He says, wear it around your neck like it's the jewels of a necklace. They keep you safe on your way, and your feet will not stumble. Here we go. You ready for this one? You can go to bed without fear. You will lie down and sleep soundly. You need not be afraid of sudden disaster or the destruction that comes upon the wicked for the, what's the next word? Lord, Lord is your security. Nope. Toilet paper is my security. I will grab seven boxes of it and have it stored up in my basement so that I have enough for the next five months. You say, that's crazy. I know, but can I tell you something? When the things that we can control become our security, we lose our comfort. We lose him as our comfort. We're, we're trying, we're doing what we can. And, and, and we all do it. My wife and I went last night. We bought more groceries than we have bought in maybe 17 years. I just, I'm sitting there just watching the little, you ever sit at the end and watch the little price thing go up? I'm like, what? And, and it's, why? We can control that, right? I got some control over that. And so we'll empty the shelves of the toilet. I'm sorry to be using toilet paper so much as an illustration. But we, we didn't because there was none left. <laughs> toilet You're not supposed to talk until the 7 p.m. service. That's the interactive <laughs> service, not 11. <clears throat> now we got to use another one for the webcast. Anyways. We like to control things, so we will go out of our way to get what we can, to control what we can, even though it may not really make, in the long sense of things, it just doesn't make any difference. You can only use one roll at a time. <laughs> All right, enough about the toilet paper, but do you understand where I'm going? You see what I'm saying? Oh, man, we're a little control freakish, and unfortunately, that is where we put and I know it sounds strange, but that's where we put our security, right? Inadvertently, that's, that winds up being our security. Well, the pantry's full. And, and, and trust me, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I, I'm, like I said, we, we did it ourselves. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but what I'm saying is God is, comes along and says, look, I, I can give you more than the shelves at the grocery store. I will be your, your security. 
you can sleep soundly knowing I'm in control and I am able to bring you comfort that you will not find anywhere else. I got to admit, this week, I have wanted so badly to talk to my dad. And sometimes selfishly, I don't care. If he's not in the office, I'll go to the house. If he can't move, I'll go down to where he's at. If he was in South Shore, I'm okay, I'll go there. That's selfish, isn't it? But I just, why? I just need to hear his voice. If I can hear his voice, if he could just, he could talk some sense into me. He would understand. He would know what to say. He would know how to comfort. And while there are times this week when I've been thrilled that he is not here, <laughs> there are more often times when I wish he was, but then, 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 I am reminded of the words of Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 26. Catch this now. It's the Last Supper. So you have a visual of that in your head, right? And we have a visual that Jesus just passed out communion wafers and they drank little cups of wine and it was all over. No, this was a lengthy dinner that they had. And he had so much to share with them. And they didn't know what was about to happen. They didn't understand that he was trying to provide for them comfort that they would desperately need. And so he says to them, because he knows he's only weeks away from taking off, he says, the comforter, who is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and he will bring those things to remembrance. Whatever I've said, whatever you need to hear, that comforter, the Holy Spirit, is going to speak those words to you. His voice is even more calming than my dad's. His spirit lives within me. And if you know Christ is your savior, that same spirit lives in you. And Jesus says, it is a comforter. That's my Holy Spirit. It'll bring the things to your mind and your heart that you need. And here's the kick. When he's leaving, he says, hey guys, because I'm sending my spirit, I'm with you always. Always. Even when everybody's running around in a panic buying all kinds of toilet paper. Even when the news is just like, stay here. Keep it right here. Don't turn the dial 24-7. Stay here. Stay up all night. And watch us. And we'll bring you the latest. Even when it's a totally different world than you're used to. He says, my comforter is with you. That's good stuff. And we got to remember that even when things get better, right? It shouldn't take something like this to remind us that God is with us through his spirit all the time. And he is comfort. He didn't create it. He doesn't deliver it. He is, and he lives in you. 
And here's the third one. God knows what's coming. God knows what's coming. Catch this now. Psalm 139, verse 16. You saw me before I was born. You saw me before I was born. If you wonder sometimes, why would the church, and I guess more than just this church, the church in general, why would they be so pro-life? <laughs> God saw you before you were born. God saw me before I was born. Every day of my life, every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every day of my life. He's not recording the day of your life today. Well, let's see. What do we have for him tomorrow? It's already in there. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. What's coming? Tomorrow. Tomorrow's coming. Oh, come on, you remember the little girl, 10 years old, in a red dress? How many of those did she have? It's the only thing she wore. Big, bright red hair singing, tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you tomorrow. You're only a day away. You want to know what's coming? Tomorrow. You say, yeah, Billy, but tomorrow might be worse than today. Then guess what happens after tomorrow? Tomorrow. And you want to know what God said? God said, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then, that verse continues, you will call on me. And you will find me. You will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. You might hear some people say, well, if God is so loving, why did he cause coronavirus? God didn't cause anything. But God allows things. It's just part of living in a fallen world. And sometimes in his allowance of things, what's he trying to do? Push people away? No. No, in those times, he's trying to pull us closer to him. I know what I have for you, he says. I got plans. I got plans. Oh, if you only knew my plans. There are plans to prosper, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope. What can we hope in tomorrow? Tomorrow. God is with us. God is for us. God is ahead of us. God exchanges hope for happiness. Let's share with you a story. I'm going to share with you a story and I'll share with you a video, and then we're done. So here's the story. A few years ago now, well, I don't even know what it is, four, five, we had made a bid on this building, and it had been accepted. And now we were going through the stages that were necessary to make all that happen. One of those stages was a meeting 
with the planning commission of the city of Southgate, and we needed to have a few things happen in order for us to take over this building and purchase it, make it a church, all that kind of thing. When that meeting is held, they send out letters to people that live in the neighborhood, inviting them to come. We're anticipating this meeting, but that week, I was also, couldn't help but think about tomorrow. (laughs) Couldn't help but dream about what God might do. And so, uh, in the mail, we were still in our offices, actually, at the Horizon Building. Uh, For those of you that don't know, when we moved out of our former church, we moved into the Civic Center, and we had to have our offices off campus, and so we had purchased an office suite in the Horizon Building, the big tall building on Eureka right next to the Golden Corral, where probably not a lot of people are eating these days. Um, But anyways, sorry. You know what? We're definitely not going to be able to use this on the web. (laughs) Luckily, we have three. Um, So our offices were there. I got the mail, and I was going through the mail, and there was a a downriver, little downriver paper. You get them. They're advertisements a lot of times, you know, a little bit of information, but mostly advertisements about restaurants, some coupons, that kind of thing. I was going through it on the back page. A church in Taylor had advertised their July 4th celebration, and they had a big piece of property, and they were showing what they were doing at all the points of the property. And I I ripped that out, and I thought, you know what, that'd be pretty cool. Have a July 4th thing. Tomorrow. And I I, I set it aside, put it in a file. The same day, I got some stuff from First Bossier, Bossier City, Louisiana. This incredible church with their dear pastor and his wife have been so incredibly supportive of us. And in fact, we have a gentleman who is usually here at least once a month. And and Paul almost has become part of our congregation. Uh, and, And that happened because of this relationship with this church, he, he winds up here about once a month for his job, and he drives about 40, 45 minutes to come to Calvary. It's become his second home. And so I got this stuff from them. They were having a July 4th celebration. It was going to be at Freedom Fields, which was this incredible athletic complex that they had built. And at the end of it, they said, make sure you stay, because at dusk, we're going to have a fireworks show. And I tore that up, and I set it aside tomorrow, someday, someday. Well, that week comes, and Lori and I get to this meeting, and I'm trying to look like I know what I'm doing, so I've got a suit on and everything like that, and it's actually kind of warm, so I'm sweating a little bit because I'm pretty nervous about this this meeting because I know they've invited all the neighbors and everything, and I'm not really sure what to do. We make our way to the conference room where the meeting was supposed to be held. I poke my head in there. There's no one there. I'm like, oh, man, what in the world? Come back. There are so many people had shown up that they had the meeting in the little auditorium where the city council met. And I walked in there, and it was like, a lot of people. And they're only here for one reason. They are going to say, whatever you do, don't put that church in there. Oh, man, I am nerved up. Did our little spiel, and then they open up to the audience. And this lady raised her hand, they call her. She comes forward, gives her address. She says, I think I speak for most of the people here when I say, I don't know what you're planning, but whatever you can do, 
to get that church into that property, the sooner the better. Huh? Wait, what? And that happened over and over and over. They passed what we needed, dismissed the meeting, and a crowd of people, more so than has ever happened at Calvary, by the way, a crowd of people, and I don't really want a crowd around me today, so don't try to prove them wrong. <laughs> crowd of people gathered around me and Lori, slapping me on the back, shaking hands, welcome to the neighborhood, all that kind of thing. This one guy's kind of standing off in the distance. Get done talking, he comes up, he says, hey, uh, how you doing? I'm good. My name's Mark. I'm from the neighborhood. Yeah, he says, do you like fireworks? That's his question. I'm like, uh, yeah. He says, let me show you something. And he turns his phone on. And he starts showing me all these fireworks going off. He says, for the past 20 years, I've, I've done a fireworks show on July 4th weekend on the back of your property. And I'm just wondering if it's okay if we keep doing it. And I just kind of looked up to heaven like, you're just showing off. <laughs> and before we even moved in here, we had a July 4th celebration. And we had fireworks. And last year, we used our property, and we fed people, and we had face painting, and we had jumping things for the kids, and hundreds of people came, and we had a fireworks show. This past Thursday, when all hell is breaking loose, to be honest, I got a phone call. He says, hey, it's Mark, the fireworks guy. He said, do you ever meet with people who don't go to your church? I said, yeah, Mark, I can do that. And he came over and we talked a little bit about fireworks, a lot about life. And at the end of our talk, Mark prayed and accepted Christ as his Savior. He got ready to leave and he said, you know, he said, I know this sounds corny, but I sometimes wonder if maybe God didn't put you here just for me. I said, maybe he did, Mark. I couldn't see all that four or five years ago. And to be honest, I couldn't see all of the difficulty that would be getting in here. I think sometimes God only gives you the big vision rather than the step-by-step because -step, he says, look, I'll take care of tomorrow. Can I show you something as we close? I don't think it's a surprise, especially if you've been here for any length of time. My favorite TV show of all time is The West Wing. I love The West Wing. And in fact, my wife and I, well, I should say I, <laughs> my wife gives up and grudgingly goes along, but at least once a year, I probably watch the whole series. And there is a clip near the end of the series. It's at the very end, in fact. It's a seven-year run, and it shares this president and his team. It kind of gives the whole rundown from a White House West Wing point of view. And the guys 
name is President Bartlett. He's played by Martin Sheen, does an incredible job being a president. And now he's done because his eight years is over and he and his wife are flying back home to New Hampshire. He's had eight years of everything you can imagine and then some because it's a TV show, right? <laughs> he's had more than his share of what every president has to deal with. And he reflects on that as they're, well, just watch 120 seconds of my favorite TV show, all right? Colonel Gantry says we'll be landing in New Hampshire in 20 minutes, sir. Thank already thinking about tomorrow on your behalf? God is. God is. He's already got it all planned out. In the absence of control, isn't it good to know one who has control? In the absence of comfort, isn't it good to know the one who is comfort? In the absence of knowing what's coming, <laughs> as the old preacher put it, in the absence of knowing what tomorrow holds, isn't it good to know who holds tomorrow? He does. Nothing's catching him off guard. It's hard for us sometimes to realize that, but he, Wednesday he wasn't like, wait, they canceled March Madness? What, what am I going to do the rest of them? It didn't catch him off guard at all. He knows. He's got it all. And he is working on your behalf for tomorrow. Psalm 90 verse 17 says, let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and confirm for us the work of our hands. Confirm for us the work of our hands. And let me close with this scripture, Lamentations chapter 3 verse 20. You're like, Lamin, what? <laughs> Last time you read that was a while ago, but it's in the book. 
Lamentations chapter 3, verse 20, he says, Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin fresh every morning. You know what you have to look forward to? Tomorrow. Because he'll be with you. Bow your heads together with me in prayer. Lord, it's been, it's been quite a week for most of these people. <laughs> uh, vacations they never planned. Working from home that they've never done before. Seemingly a 24-7 news cycle that just never stops. And, and even some of the things that can kind of take our mind off reality, not within our grasp. So may we do what you intended all along, and that is turn to you. May we find our control being your control. May we find the comfort we need in your spirit. May we rest in the fact that you hold our tomorrows. And you got plans. You've got plans. And Father, we look forward to seeing what you have in store for us, knowing that it is for our good. And we put our faith and trust in that today. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.